You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. All right, now listen. I'm no talking the, over it? Yeah, I'm getting with the lawyers this week. Okay. And we're writing new. We're writing a new clause in these contracts for this next season. I've had it with this crap. Yeah. Why? Every week. Now you guys are just doing it to piss me off. And I'm getting angry. I'm getting tired of it, Chris. Seriously. Enough. <laughs> you asshole. You asshole. Ditto. This is this is the lovely and voluptuous and wonderful real crime podcast, and we are here tonight. And wasn't it? It was just the boys last week too, wasn't it? Another sausage fest. Yeah, I think it's yeah. It, it was yeah. Last week it was all the dudes. no. Heather no, was no, here Heather last was week. Here. Oh, yeah, because we did the Star Wars one last so week. So this week it's just the boys. Yes. Just the boys. Trev's joined us again tonight. Thank you. For I have. Us again, I have. Hello. Good to see you again. And, and you'll and, still learn nothing about me. <laughs> The beautiful Andrew is, is making a return. You haven't been here in a little while. It's good to see you again, Andrew. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. How are you? Hello. The beautiful Andy. The beautiful Andy. Andy in the studio. One of the beautiful ones. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fun night tonight because this is one of the most fitting topics we're going to have ever on this show. But we have a lot of stuff to do before that. There's so much goodness before we yes. get to the real, the, the, the creamy center of the show. The creamy center. The creamy center. It's going to be orgasmic, people. It's going to be orgasmic, yes. <laughs> the Tootsie Center of a Tootsie Pop. Chris is, Chris is getting better with the news. You're, I see less and less scars on your body. Yeah, I haven't been beat up in a couple months. And as you guys, you guys out there in well, TV except land, for like the people that hate your review of Solo, that you're now a corporate shill. Is that is that yes. the, the consensus? I heard something about that. it. Is <laughs> yes, I am totally a corporate news. shill at this point. Fake news, people. Fake news. How does it feel to be a sellout? Which <laughs> all of our friends. If you got paid, I'm sure it would feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> It would feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we have this week in the news, Chris? Well, first, we got to mention the Flint Institute of Arts. They're starting up their summer movie series right now, so make sure you get out there for that. Also, projectorscreen.com. Check them out as well. In the news this week, Liam Neeson is joining Chris Hemsworth in the Men in Black spinoff. <laughs> Who asked for that? Nobody. I think the same people that asked for the solo movie. <laughs> well, I actually kind of asked for the solo movie for about 20 years. Like yeah. Mid-80s through 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's another. Already Warner Brothers is doing uh, another movie nobody asked for or knew they, uh, knew they wanted. Mowgli. Yes. Yeah. They already yeah. did a Jungle Book movie. Now Warner because, Brothers has to get into it. Because now we need everybody to have their own iteration of the Jungle Book. I mean, if they're fixing to lose more money than the Casper Van Dien Tarzan movie, have at it. But yeah, it just—it's just weird to me. It's just weird. Can they lose more money than that? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a Mowgli movie? Why another <laughs> Jungle Book movie? In other news, Richard Gere is actually joining a television series on the BBC called Mother, Father, Son. He's never done a television show before. So. He's never acted before either. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but he does great with the gerbils. Oh, God. You didn't like him in Days of Heaven? I didn't like him in anything. He always has that why am I here look on his face. 
He does. He, he looks. Does. He looks shocked that somebody cast him in everything. <laughs> I mean, even him carrying Deborah Winger in an officer and a gentleman, he still looks kind of dazed and kind of like <laughs> not sure why what's going on, why he's there. <laughs> yeah, kind of strange. Kind of. He strange. was just kind of there in uh, Rhapsody in August, also. Yeah, he's. he's the, he, I think that's basically his career. Is he's just kind of there or there with an Irish accent. He had a pretty, <laughs> he had a pretty substantial role in, uh, in the band played on. Remember in the band played on? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was a cool movie too. That was an interesting movie. He's got a lot of screen time in that. Uh, he did. I mean, he had a lot in. In what was the one where he was the Irish assassin, with oh, where red, he literally sounded like the Lucky Charms guy. Red something. Oh yeah. yeah I, what red a, corner. Yes, Red Corner. No, 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 it no. wasn't. It was much more uh, along the style of the Jackal. This is where I get my phone out and pull up. <laughs> In other IMDb. news, yeah, let's move it along. Uh, Solo, we'll Solo is at 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is the lowest score ever for a Star Wars movie. That's not true. But it isn't? It is the third lowest score. Really? Phantom Menace is at 63 uh, episode two. So, what Attack of the Clones is at seventy one? Wow. Okay. So I'm wrong then. So it's tied. It's I think tied. We're reaching the point that that pilot in Return of the Jedi just exclaims, "There's too many of them." Yes. Yes. Agreed. Uh, Titan Comics is releasing a series based on the raid, which I'm kind of interested in. I'm not sure what the raid is. The raid, what? the the film series, the raid one oh, and two. Boy. They're basing a comic book series on that now. You get which, your work cut out for you. Yep. Yeah, you got your work cut out for you. We'll so, see if I do. Yeah. In uh, releases this week, Solo is out finally this week, and another movie called How to Talk to Girls at Parties, something Scott knows nothing about. Nope. <laughs> Have but you seen him? He just impersonates Sasquatch, and they fall for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. That sounds like something. Oh my god! That sounds like something the main it art would so play. Hot. Take me now! Take me now, Summer Sasquatch. <laughs> would you like a drink? <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. All right, all right. Uh, let's uh, move on to suggested viewings. Yeah. Myself, I'm going to suggest the newly released horror vengeance film Revenge. Really, really cool flick. Uh, it's a lot like I Spit on Your Grave, but it takes place in the desert. The chick is great in this movie. She straps on a bunch of women or strap on. Oh my god, I can't even talk. She straps on a bunch of weapons and goes after these three dudes and just mangles the shit out of them. With a strap on? No. But we wish she did. But well, she yeah. strapped something on. Yes. So, really good movie, so check that one out if you can. You got anything for us? Uh, we'll go 80s again. I I did what? Last Dragon last time. Let's go Breaking. Oh. Class, all you, class. You cannot beat Breakin'. It's pointless story, but m- m- amazingly entertaining. Agreed. Ozone and Turbo are my heroes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Just get rid of Special K. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl was super sexy, too. That was Special K. Yes. She was, she was pretty obnoxious. Yes, she is. But she was awesome for the, for the 80s. Yes, she was. Yeah. Andrew. Um, I'm just going to recommend the, the TV show One Strange Rock because not enough people are talking about that show other than if you look it up, you'll see what critics say about it. But I've asked a bunch of you know my film peers, have you 
if you watched Aronofsky's Planet Earth program, One Strange Rock. Is that the, the one with Will Smith? It is. Okay. It's that well, actually looks really good. And Will Smith is really good in it, too. He's great as a narrator. Oh, mm. I'm sure. Yeah, we watched an episode over here last week. It was really, really good. Was it? Mm. Okay. Yeah. I have to check it out. You'd love it. It's You would absolutely love it. <laughs> it's the look on Scott's face made that statement worth it. Sasquatch. All right. It's unmistakably Aronofsky. You can totally tell it's his stamp. In the mic. Yeah. Oh, keep talking. In the mic. That was it. Okay. Well, I'll respond. This is my whole new character here. Now as I'm a Sasquatch, right? I've never heard of that title. Uh, my my uh, my poll this week <laughs> is going to be. It took me a second. <laughs> it's going. <laughs> Not a lot of people are going to really probably want to go see this, um, and that's fine. Uh, I. I'm like 75% of the way through it, and it's easy to judge because I'm going to be biased anyways. There's a band from Texas called Rigor Mortis. They were an old uh, old thrash band from back in the day. Um, uh, actually, one of the guys from the band uh, was Mike Scacia, who went on to play in, in ministry for a number of years. He passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago on stage, as a matter of fact. He had a heart oh, no attack kidding. on stage. That's crazy. But yeah, this band featured Mike Scacia, who played on played in ministry for a number of years. Uh, Rigor Mortis was an amazing band. They were the first, I would, I think they were the first like thrash band, like, you know, a really heavy band for that era to be signed to a major label. And they were signed to, they were signed to Capitol Records. It was, at the time, it was mind-blowing for all of us to see that. Uh, but they've done a documentary called Welcome to Your Th- Funeral, which is named after one of their songs. And it's an absolutely amazing, you know, if you're a fan like I am, and I, there may be a few of you guys out that listen to this show that listen to old thrash like I do, um, highly, highly recommend uh, Welcome to Your Funeral, uh, Rigor Mortis, the documentary. Uh, really goes into the history. Uh, it's it's what it, it's what I say a lot of times about rock docs when I review them. You know, they're, rock docs are not hard to really get right. Just, you know, it, 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 most people... But when they go wrong, they go... When they go wrong, they, really go, wrong. they, go, really, oh, they go really bad. Spectacular. But all, like, I really ask out of a, all I yeah. really ask out of a good rock doc really is, because I'm a nerd, and if I really want to... I want to learn something mm-hmm, something from it. Mm-hmm. So I want to know about the history. I want to hear about all them cool little tidbits. Like, how do we get that sound there? Well, yeah, somebody dropped a pan on the floor accidentally, and that's how we got that cool sound. But, you know, all them little tidbits. That's what I want out of a rock doc, and that's what rigor mortis welcome to your funeral gives you. It's, it's, it's and, you know, I wouldn't say typical. It's, it, it's about this band that we love. Yeah. And that's well, what makes it so cool. What would you no. say are some of the examples of rock docs done badly? Uh, Twisted Sister. The one that twisted sister. Oh, oh that which, one that I loaned you. Yeah, the one you loaned me. That I did. I did like it. I I, I liked that one. I liked the the. the it, you know it, the thing was. I about mean, them. They're, they set you up uh, at the end of that. Obviously, they set it up for another installment, right? So like, maybe I shouldn't be so hard on it because they really did go through the the early history of the band, which was super fucking interesting, right? That was fascinating. Super fucking interesting to hear. But I felt this. like the pacing was just like they were stretching oh, it. Oh, they stretched the hell out of it. To, oh, my God. To they, make sure that they could make another one. They milked it to death. Yeah. They milked it to death. Um, and I really was kind of bummed, like, at the end, because they, they, at the end they just kind of, like, do, like, a bullet point. Like, well, after all this happened, these guys became MTV darlings, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's the era that we all got into them. I didn't that's, know when they were just a bar band. That was the first record, uh, 
uh, what is it, Staying Loud or... Um, Stay Hungry. Stay Hungry. Yeah. Was the first album I ever bought on there vinyl. Yeah, right? They they really did open up the doors. They were a huge band. Um, and I didn't... Yeah, I mean, I heard You Can't Stop Rock and Roll was the album before that. And that's what got me into them. I didn't know them before that. When they were like a rock band. <laughs> you yeah. know, a bar band. Like, you know, a working bar yeah. band in the, you know, in the Jersey area. So... A lot of fun to watch, but it did fly off the rails at the end. It was kind of like, what? What did you think about It Might Get Loud? What's that? What did you think Loved about it. the... Oh, yeah. that's a great movie. Great it's movie. It's a great movie. Uh, Jack White, I mean, it, it's, oh, it's a real turnaround. It's, it's a real, yeah, it's, it's a real turnaround because at the beginning, Jack White is a complete jerk off. I mean, it's like, I can't really say what I want to say about the guy. How, how he was talking about these, you know, at least Jimmy Page. The Edge, that's a whole different thing. I'm not a big U2 fan. Great guitar he's player. He's a great guitar great player. Great guitar though. player. Yeah. But the way he's like talking about Jimmy Page, I'm like, and say what you want about Led Zeppelin too. I'm not a huge Led Zeppelin fan, but it's Jimmy Page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's well, kind of yeah. hollow ground. You can't fuck with this guy. Right? Yeah. No, no. No. Great documentary though. And at the end, you got to see how it all works out. And I, I'm sure that's how it was all. And I out. loved seeing them almost, him like totally do yeah. that total turnaround well, they, where all look, of a sudden he's watching Jimmy Page play oh, like, holy crap. oh my God. Yeah, I am in the face of greatness here. Yeah. Maybe my head's a little too big. Yeah. You, know? you can see that he changed his mind. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I mean, there's. That's all really a good document, like rock doc. Really, I want that's kind of a different spin though, which I did like. It might get loud. It's really cool, different kind of spin, more of a kind of a story too. Uh, but I, I mean, as far as a raw rock doc, you know, like we're gonna do a documentary about this band that everybody loves. I want history. I want the little the little Easter eggs about things you might wonder. Bring those things to the surface, and then you got yourself a great rock doc. And that's what rigor mortis. Welcome to your funeral is. Moving along. Moving along. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> it is episode 84. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of shocked that we haven't done this yet. Yeah. But tonight, real crime. Real crime on real crime. We're doing real crime on real crime. We're going to yeah. be talking about real crime stories that have been translated to film. And there's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot There's a lot of bullet points here. So oh, yeah. I'm going to start this off by throwing out there what I think is the greatest real crime movie ever made. Blow our wad early in the I'm show. I'm going to blow our wad early because, number one, David Fincher is one of the best directors mm. ever. Yeah. Zodiac mm-hmm. is hands down the best crime movie I've ever seen. Wow. It's not necessarily just about the crime. It follows the steps of them trying to solve the crime and basically translates to film how obsessed Robert Graysmith and all these people that were involved with it, how obsessed they were with trying to solve it. Yeah. And it's a great letdown because they never, they never did. we've yeah. never solved that crime. It's and you know, yeah. you remember back when we were in Too Many oh. Gods together, there was a whole <laughs> Zodiac era yeah. where like we were all reading the books and studying that case we and you know we actually had that in our logo oh, did you we really did yeah. yeah and um yeah, i read the graysmith books yeah um we do a lot of internet studying you know read stuff at the library about it like we really studied that case hard yeah there's so much to the zodiac that i personally find it really interesting yeah but the way that fincher brought that to film with so much just darkness in you know subversive evil that's going on in the background mm-hmm. it's a phenomenal 
film, but it's not just all about the crime. It's all about the people <clears throat> that trying are trying to, to, to solve this, yeah. and you're seeing what's happening in how the case evolved, yeah. and still they end up flat-footed. Nothing ever came of And that movie of it. was completely overwhelming. It was amazing, amazing. When I first saw it, I couldn't stand it. I'll be really? honest. I first, the first time I saw it, all I all I, my impression was after watching it the first time was just Jake Gyllenhaal rolling around his apartment like with that same look on his face like <laughs> like that's because that is Jake Gyllenhaal yeah it's just that same like confused scared <laughs> look on his face right and that, that and initially that was the first time I watched it I was like I can't stand this movie right yeah I did go back to it just about a year and a half ago I I queued it up and watched it and I really. Really oh. enjoyed it. I think when yeah. I first saw it, I mean, I was I was a lot I was a lot younger, you know, and and like not a I, lot younger. Well, it's not yeah, that old. How old is that movie? Like nine years. Yeah, nine or ten years. When did it come out, Andrew? Um, about nine or ten years ago. I'm not positive. <laughs> one thing. <laughs> one thing. It was, two, know, was two, eleven years. It was two thousand seven. Okay. I was thing. a bit younger then, and I and I think what you're talking about, you know, it isn't about trying to, because yeah, there was it was never solved. I think it was about telling the story. It was about telling the story. I mean, I yeah. have grown a lot, I think, in the last 10 years. The um, author who, uh, well, the character that Jake Gyllenhaal plays, I believe he's the author of the book. Robert Graysmith. Yeah, that was used to make Autofocus, the film about Bob Crane's murder. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was yeah. such a good movie, too. But, yeah, that's who wrote it, was the character Jake Gyllenhaal played. Wow, I did not know that. That's kind of crazy. And Autofocus is another one. It's another oh, true crime another, story. Yeah, oh, such a good story. Andrew, flick, why don't you spit flick. one out at us? Um, good call, Chris. I was gonna Ugh. say one that <clears throat> we were talking about, and, and before we started rolling, we were talking about crime stories that are embellished for dramatic effect. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the real story, you know, people die, but they want to sensationalize it a bit for movies. And one such case was this mid '90s Chinese movie called The Untold Story about this guy who murdered these restaurant owners and the way the movie plays out is that to dispose of their bodies he grinds up their bodies in a hamburger meat and serves them to the customers and that was an urban legend for a long time that was later debunked but for the sake of the movie it it uh they tied that into the real crime story and it's, it's a pretty brutal and vicious frequently exploitative so, wait, so he didn't movie. really do that then? Well, he really murdered everybody, but yeah. he kept working in the restaurant, so that led to this urban legend that he disposed of the bodies by yeah, okay. feeding them to the customers, unbeknownst to them. For, for you Michiganders, we just discovered about, I think a week and a half ago, that a woman in the Upper Peninsula did exactly that, murdered her husband Chopped him up into little pieces, ground him up, and served him to the church luncheon. Oh, my God. Really? Really. That's pretty disgusting. We're really starting this off heavy, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. (laughs) I don't know how we're going to follow that one up. Yeah. Show's over, people. (laughs) All right, have a great night. Guys, thanks thanks for listening. Good night. Um, Uh, Anyways, uh, Andrew, keep going. Okay. So, well, that was it for that movie. I'm going to throw another one out there, which we mentioned earlier, Bully. The yeah. The Larry Clark movie about these juvenile delinquents that conspire to kill their friend because they're sick of being bullied by him. That was a true story? It was. Yeah. And the DVD has pictures of the real kids 
um, their their mug shots from the trial in the wow. extras. Now that had um, what's his name in it that passed away? Brad Renfro. Yeah. Yeah. That kid was a heavy actor. He was so yeah. good. He was so, so good. good. Yeah. yeah. And so, so young. Good. Yeah. You know, I mean, he 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 carried like a a sixty year old actor's gravitas on stage mm-hmm. and, or on screen, especially and, like an apt pupil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was so disturbing in that. Nick Stahl was really good in it too. That was the first movie I oh, saw him in. They started putting him in everything after that. Yeah, that's for a little right. while, anyways. Yeah, Terminator Three, Sin City. He was uh, great. He, Sin City is still the one I think he was the best of what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was kind of loony in that one. Well, He's yeah. under a lot of makeup, but yeah. he he's still able to command the performance, but we're getting off topic. Yeah. yeah I'll throw that. one out there. Okay. Um, and it, it'll follow the thread here we were talking about a second ago about kind of... This movie is arguably embellished to a certain degree, and that's The Untouchables, which is mm. based on, you know, it's based on, a, you know, Pretty heavily embellished. Prohibition, yeah, pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, the argument with that one, there's actually, I mean, I've spent a couple of years studying the mafia and organized crime, and one of the things that was talked about, especially in the, well, in the, in the Untouchables, the very, one of the opening scenes is the bar where the gentleman brings in the suitcase, and the, there's an the argument where the guy's like, you know, I don't want to buy your beer. Your beer isn't good. And, and he's then like, he well, leaves the He's briefcase. like, well, it isn't made to be good. It's made to be bought. You know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. And the little girl and the whole thing, and they, you know, they blow the bar up, the, the suitcase. I guess one of the stories, like, one of, one of Capone's old attorneys discussed this back in the 80s, and he, when, when the film came out, they saw the film, and, he, and the guy literally jumped up. This is the story they said. The guy jumped up in the theater and said, that, Capone would never do a goddamn thing like that. He'd kill the guy who was responsible for blowing up the bar like that and killing that little girl. Yeah, because it's revenue lost. Yeah, no matter right? what. Well, revenue lost, and the guy, you know, I, I and you don't kill kids. Yeah, that thing too. There, there's always that code. So, you know, and the story of Elliot Ness also. There's been a lot of uh, debate over his involvement in you know bringing bringing down Capone. Basically, a lot of people say. There's documentation that he was more just a reporter. He just kind of jumped in front of everything and said, you know, look, I, I did all this. You know, one of those things. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. His, um, his his track record in Cincinnati afterwards kind of proved there that There you point. go. So, a good movie. Enjoyed it. It was fun to watch. Cool to see Robert De Niro play Al Capone. That was really neat oh, yeah. to see. They, it, got, they got a couple of things right, like the dinner scene with the baseball bat. I thought that was kind of heavy. You know, cool. That was great. Yeah. That was, Brian that, was, De, that was great, Brian De Palma. I was about to say, Brian De Palma did this just a few years after Scarface, which is partially a remake and partially based on the the Miami crime scene yeah. of the early 80s, which yeah. they, they yeah. ended up doing a documentary about the cocaine cowboys. Oh, mm-hmm. that, that doc is awesome. Documentary. I didn't put Scarface on my list. I'd say that's more of a gangster movie. Okay, it, it, it's a gangster. Well, it's, ga- it's, it's a remake right? of, it is. Uh, of a End of the Al Capone movie. film. Yeah, the original was with Paul Muni and Boris Karloff. Great but, movie. But the problem with this, I found though, was just that. Now I didn't put Scarface on my list, but I thought that you know some of these ones that I might bring up here. I hope I don't get beat up because there is that kind of like there is that intersection with the gangster film and the true crime film because a lot of the well, stuff I'm is, I'm I'm about to pull one out that that is the quintessential one, and it actually tops. Zodiac, as far as I'm concerned, as far okay. as perfect crime movies, 
Goodfellas. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Yes. Yeah. Goodfellas Bloody is bullet. the perfect yes. crime movie. Keep talking. Get a cigarette, you know? get a cigarette ready. <laughs> greatest greatest mafia film of all time. Period. Period. You really can't touch better it, Better than man. The Godfather. Fuck you. Uh, it's not now. better than The Godfather 2. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I prefer Godfather 2 over Goodfellas. Godfather 2 is always the hi- highlight of that of but, trilogy. I mean, really, those three movies are kind of interchangeable. And, well, they and all have the same darkness. Like, you know, the, the Goodfellas and Skip the Godfather. Th- part three of The Godfather. Yeah. Well, that one, I, that doesn't count. I'm only talking about The Godfather <laughs> 1 and 2 one. and Goodfellas. Well, if you look at Godfather <laughs> 1 and 2 and you look at Goodfellas, they have that same darkness about them. Yeah. That's what I've always said about The Godfather, which makes that movie so The Office, you know, mm-hmm. Corleone's Office. It's dark. It's, it's dark. so mysterious He's in looking. shadow. Yeah, it's so fucking cool. They're and both Goodfellas, led by Robert De Niro as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Goodfellas has that same kind of darkness, like all the bars, mm-hmm. you know, the bars they hang on. They're all kind of dark and kind of, kind of dingy looking and stuff like that. Uh, but only where the Goodfellas actually hang out. Yeah, if you pay attention. Yeah, the work areas where normal people are. Yeah, it's all it's, bright. are it's brightly all right. lit, yeah, yeah. well lit. I mean, the 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 one tracking shot through through the restaurant. Yeah. Um, or Steadicam shot. I'm going to get the papers. Um, that <laughs> shot by itself, I mean, it shows you who, the two different worlds yeah, and it yeah. shows you the transition into it. And it's yeah, it, 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 so much brilliant. Good films can be watched that. over and over and over and over again. I mean, I just, it and never you'll gets keep boring. finding new things to love about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. What I like, I almost forget that Goodfellas is a true story, you oh, know, yeah. because it's Henry so out out there. There's so much going on. It's like this is reality. You oh, know? Yeah. yeah, it's hard to actually fathom that all that stuff, most of it, really took place. It was chaos. The yeah. DVD and I'm assuming the Blu-ray ported it over has a commentary with the real Henry. Yeah, Hill. Henry, Henry Hill. Hill. Yeah, it's great. Away. I love listening to that. He, he, had, right. he had a website. For a number of years, yeah. like the Henry Hill's website, you could go there and like he would he had all these like like wild stories on yeah. there, and he yeah. had pictures like there was you know old pictures like they were taken of like some people he worked with like literally there was this one with this guy with sunglasses on just like and he's like I didn't want to talk about what this guy's done like, <laughs> like I didn't want to get into um, this we're shit. not going this near guy's there crazy dude forget um, about it so <laughs> good fellows that's you can't you can't touch that. Exactly. It's so freaking good. So, man. on another true crime story, yeah. it's a little bit more peculiar, but just as fascinating and compelling as Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Andrew's Al killing Pacino. it with these. Al Pacino in his finest. Attica, Attica. Yeah. Because yeah. gradually it becomes less about you know the the heist and the holdup mm-hmm. than the sensation it causes and how everyone who's the social hostage, effect. Everyone who's a hostage is having the time of their lives being on TV. Like when yeah. he brings the first hostage out, she comes back for a curtain call. Yeah. And the pizza delivery guy, I'm a fucking star. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a precursor to like reality TV. It kind of gave us a oh, taste it, of that. It was totally telling us yeah. that Andy Warhol was right. Yeah. <laughs> it all happened. I mean, they, they have... Video, they have video online of the real news broadcast mm-hmm. of when this when this bank and it was happened. just as sensational. That's what's hysterical is like, I've watched the footage of the real news broadcast, and it it fits so perfectly with the movie that they're not interchangeable, but they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, and, and when you get into uh, a hostage situation like that, I've always found these type of films to be really incredible. Uh, I'm really interesting because this isn't the only film. Um, 
to really be inside something like that, I mean, seeing a film is about as good as you're going to get. To see what people are going through, obviously you're scared to death. Uh, but you see in a lot of these situations, if they, you know, hopefully, and I think this is, you know, it's based on, it's based on truth. It's based on reality. Mm -hmm. um, these people are in a situation that they, most, none of these hostage situations ever seem, no one's ever fucking escaped. Like, we want a plane, we want this shit, and we want to leave, right? No, never, doesn't doesn't that happened. beg the question, why do people still take hostages? Yeah. You're, you're not going to win. Like, it makes no look, sense. Well, it's, it's an act of desperation. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It's an act of desperation. Maybe, yeah, but, but my point is, is, is like like we've all seen five hundred movies, a thousand TV shows where mm -hmm. people are held hostage, and every single one of them they either all end up dead, mm -hmm. or in cuffs, mm -hmm. or a mix. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Why would any like any Joe Schmo would be like, you know, why, we why take else hostages? Would, yeah, well, why else would you do that? You know. You don't want to give up. It's an <coughs> act of pure desperation, it seems like. You fucked Board up em. whatever you were doing. Boredom. <laughs> Just to well, be in that situation is really interesting to me. And to also, I'm really thirsty, man. Can you give me a... Okay, go get go get a couple of water. Go get him some water. You know, I mean, shit like that. It's like, those, those little details kind of get to me, man. Oh, yeah. Great flick, though. Good call, Andrew. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon. That was on my list also. Chris, what about you? Well, um, I would say for my next one would be um, a really, really heavy one. And I think you would all agree with me. This is a very hard film to watch because the ending is so tough to get through. But one of my favorite current true crime movies, it's about 12 years old now. I'm just going to keep holding you guys in mystery. Yeah, yeah, keep going. It's got Anton Yelchin in it, so it makes it even harder to watch it. But um, Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog. Anything with Anton kills me still. You didn't like this one, Andrew? No, I liked this one. I okay. just, I was pointing out the title. I beat you oh. to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you son of a whore. No. <laughs> he stole um, your thunder. Yeah, but yeah, Alpha Dog, I, I love this movie. Justin Timberlake is actually really, really good in this movie. The man can act, you know. He can, but he can. that whole story—it's so dumb. I mm. mean, everything they tried to do was absolutely brainless. Like it was a crime pulled off by literal idiots. In like that whole ending with like, oh, we have to kill him now. Like they didn't have to kill him; they could let the poor kid go. You know, and the way they kill him, just like out in the middle of nowhere, just like, oh, yeah, we got to kill you now. It's it's hard to watch. It's yeah, hard sure. to watch because it's actually like humanity just being destroyed for no reason whatsoever. Mm. But well, you, you can know, tell Kimber Timberlake's character doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. There's He's a... like really standoffish about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But that is a great, great film. Hmm. I was going to say, I don't know if I've ever Oh, ever seen it? I got. I saw it in parts also, all the horrible parts too. I mean, it's got a <laughs> lot of people in it too, like Amanda Seyfried, Bruce Willis, Anton Yelchin, Harry Dean Stanton. That's right. He plays the really? grandpa, right? Yeah. Um, and I've never seen this. That's amazing. And obviously, uh, what's his name? Anton. From, uh, God, what's wrong with me tonight? Uh, Emil Hirsch. Emil mm. Hirsch. You know, an actor that's basically fucked his career at this point. What because did he, he do? He, um, <clears throat> he got physically aggressive with women and oh, basically got ousted 
you know? Yeah, well, right. so he deserves it. Bye. Yep. <laughs> bye bye. Bye 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 bye. But yeah, I love Alpha Dog. I think it's a really, really good film. So when you mentioned uh, dumb criminals, uh, I kept thinking of America's Dumbest Criminals, the movie directed by Michael Bay, Pain and Gain. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, I love that movie. Which is, that movie hilarious. was so terribly good. It's so hilarious, man. Yeah. And the end, oh. you find out they actually returned the bloody, hairy chainsaw to the Home Depot, and they actually accepted the return. Like, they show the receipts at the end of the movie during the end credits. Like, <laughs> yeah. wow, heard, this you know, all it, really did happen. That's an... Wait, that, oh, so that that's something that really did happen. Yes, that's a true crime yeah. story. That's I mean, a, that's a, that's I know, no, I, I know it. that, but I, the reason I ask is... I did do some reading on after I saw that film, and there was a lot of talk like, okay, there's a lot of shit that was again embellished. There was a lot. Of yeah, stuff yeah. That, well, it's Michael Bay. Up. What do you expect? But the, but the chainsaw, that's a real thing. They actually brought <laughs> a chainsaw back. Like yes, that. in the end oh, yeah. credits, it's the, the receipt is that. shown in the end credits. The when, real ones. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Dude. Yeah. I don't remember that. Those guys were lame brains, dude. They were like. It was so hilarious, though. They just. That was the biggest PED don't do drugs commercial ever. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Don't do roids, dude, because it's going to mess started, your like, brain like, up. Uh, that, that was a movie that actually, like, uh, Dwayne Johnson can act. The Rock oh, can yeah. act. This oh, guy he can act. Hell he's doing. He oh, yeah. can act. He you can know, act. And there's just so many hilarious, like, no, guys, sorry, I'm in the middle of a superset. Leave me alone. And, you know, just all these little things he he did, just doing coke behind. Things. Obviously, they, they embellished that story a lot, too. But the family of the guy they kidnapped and the wife, mm-hmm. um, you know, that family was pissed about that well, that's, movie. That was one of the things I read. Yeah. They're like, They're, this is not, this was not funny. Yeah, right. This, this was scary as hell. This, this was somebody being killed yeah. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. and burned in acid you know wonder how much like, money they got yeah. out of that wonder how much money that family was paid hopefully enough hopefully enough hopefully they deserved enough. that yeah, they, they did deserve that movie was hilarious okay, uh, I, I'm gonna go next yeah go ahead I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into the borderline is it true crime I'm gonna go with From Hell I never saw From Hell it is possibly one of the prettiest crime movies ever filmed Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Um, most of the acting is spectacular. Heather Graham withstanding. She was <laughs> terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Her Irish accent made me want to run through traffic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I honestly can't. Besides the fact that it wasn't accurate in oh. a lot of ways, it was still a great movie and a fun adaptation of a good comic. It captured the essence of Jack the Ripper, basically. It did. You know, but yes, it was an adaptation. So I wouldn't know that's really a true crime story, but it's, yeah. Well, it's an adaptation of an adaptation of an adaptation of a true crime. At least like the Hugh Brothers' (laughs) other movies and in their filmography. I mean, coming off of Menace to Society and Dead Presidents. Yeah. They're going to do an Old England period Johnny Depp. With Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp opium movie. Like, wow. but he was good in that one. Like oh, he, he wasn't was. doing the pirates thing. Well, it was before. The... It was before all that. Yeah, it was really before he started really getting typecast as the kid friendly zany guy. It's when he was still doing um, Dead Man and that kind of stuff, where he was really going for the indie stuff that was amazing. Well, here I'll throw another Johnny Depp movie out there. Just for the hell of it right now. Blow. 
Oh, yeah. oh I, I, I thought you were going to go Donnie Brasco on us. We'll go to that too, but Blow, <laughs> Blow is probably one of the most soul-crushing films at the as far as oh. The ending. Oh, you know, based on a true story. Uh, was it George Young? Yes, yeah. That's the real character. Yep. Soul crushing at the end. Completely soul crushing. When you it's see it's how, heartbreaking. It's hard to see that. To yeah. see where he was, you know, at one point, you know, and then literally see him just cut yeah, down. Yeah, just you know, just he looked like a washed up rock star, like a total like washed up burnout rock star. That's he what looked what like he was. Joe Walsh. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um, soul crushing film, though. Andrew, your gears are turning. What's going on? Oh, uh, you mentioned soul crushing true crime drama, and I just couldn't help but think of Star Eighty. Oh, the, oh. the death Dor- of Dorothy Stratton with Eric Roberts at his creepy, slimy best. He is so good in that movie, though. Yeah, he is such. He, I don't. I honestly don't. I honestly believe that that is who he is at this point <laughs> because I don't think he ever stopped playing the part. Mm. <laughs> he's he's been a he's been a dick in pretty much every movie that he's been in. And, and I've he's heard I've heard interesting everything. I've heard interesting stories about him at cons and stuff yelling at people and yeah. Eric Roberts? Oh yeah. Yeah, apparently he yelled at some dude and signed a picture for him and when he, the guy wouldn't buy a picture with him. Like to have a picture taken with him, Eric Roberts grabbed the photo out of the guy's hand and tore it up, and tried to call security to get the guy removed from the con because he didn't want to spend more money for him. I don't want a crock of shit, <laughs> right? I I got something like that when um, I was at the Novi Expo Center. It was I think it was Comic Con or something or other years back, and. Walter Koenig, who played Chekhov, was there, and he same thing. You know, he wouldn't take a picture unless you paid him. Yeah, and he he folds his arms and he's like, "If I want to take a picture of me by myself, that's fine." This <laughs> <laughs> looks off to the side. But totally the detected. question is, did he have the hairpiece? <laughs> <laughs> because without the hairpiece, who wants a picture of him? Yeah, you it's know, its own I triple. Mean, it is. It is. <laughs> At this point, he he seriously. The guy All looks right. like the penguin. Who's next? I'm going to throw this one out there, and I think you guys are going to agree with me. This is probably one of Leo's best roles ever. Here it comes. Here it comes. Catch me if you can. Oh, not that one. Yeah, Catch that me was if good. you can. That's a true crime movie. I know it's that a true is, crime movie. It was when I was thinking. That was a good though. movie. I, 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 I agree. That wasn't the one I was thinking of either, but continue. Yeah. But so. Steven Spielberg directed this movie. Yes, we know that. And Let's move on. Tom Hanks, Leo, <laughs> and... Honestly, I I think Scott and I are both just bound to determine to give you shit. No, I don't. That's fine. Because I can take it all, bitches. You can Um, try. But no, seriously, catch me if you can. Leo is like so into that role. Like, I really feel like that was a turning point in his career, too. Oh, yeah. Where he kind of went from like doing like the regular drama stuff. The moment when we went, oh, he's a serious actor. Yeah. Catch me if you can. He's not a pretty boy. Yeah, that is a phenomenal movie, and mm-hmm. just that story in itself is so interesting, yeah. mm-hmm. and they captured so many of the actual true elements in this, because I read a lot about this story after yeah. seeing the movie. Yeah. They yeah. really nailed it. They oh, really, they really nailed it. And obviously, you know, Tom Hanks, I mean, does he really make a bad movie? No. No. Andrew's He's not like, even mm-hmm. bad in movies, those, except for... Well, those, uh, was, was he in Joe versus the Volcano? That wasn't a bad movie. 
Oh, yes, he God. was. He was <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, come on. Terrible. Oh, worse than those... Rose-colored uh, glasses, I'm telling you. Those Da Vinci Code movies? <laughs> oh, I like the Da Vinci Code. Those were fun. Those are fun. Yeah, those I like the first like one, but not the second Andy? two. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I like the second two. Really? Yeah. You can all just pound sand tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go again, if nobody minds. Go ahead. Uh, we're going to go, uh, maybe, I don't know how obscure it is, if in, or if anybody even remembers that it came out, Summer of Sam. Oh, oh God, yeah. I hated that fucking movie oh. so much. Did you? Walked out of the, one of the only movies in my entire life that I actually walked out of the Why theater. did you walk out? I, I like loved Summer of that Sam. movie. Well, first off, I think I was on a date. Oh, um, that's not a date movie, no, especially with all the making out and getting shot for it. Well, yeah. yeah it, that well, kind of ruins your chances. Well, that and something. this, like, all the weird, like, crazy sex shit that was going on. Oh, yeah. Like, just some of that. The and talking some of the di- dog. Well, some of the dialogue that they were saying just was like, oh, my God. I, yeah, And it wasn't a Watch date it movie. again. Watch I, it again. Maybe I should. You should. Um, you really should. Movie. Adrian Brody was so freaking good in John that movie. John Leguizamo was in that, too. He was yeah. brilliant. Um, there was just, you know, I think what the thing was with me, and, you know, I, I really should revisit that movie, to be honest. Um, I expected to hear, you know, I thought it was going to be centered more around. You, around Berkowitz. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it wasn't. It was more of this story about this neighborhood. About what happened in New York and yeah, the, yeah, the blackout. And, yeah, and, you know, and the and the paranoia and things yeah. like that. Um, I didn't expect that, and it kind of bummed us both out. We we're like, Let's oh, see, I, see, I thought that was a, a neat new approach to a crew, true crime story because we never get that. We, we always, get those cool cutaways of the guy just fucking flipping his shit. You, you, you know? get you get the great Berkowitz scenes, but yeah. in true crime movies, it's always about the crime, crime. itself yeah. and the killer and yeah, the investigation. Yeah, and getting to see it from the outside and. Everybody going, oh, that kid's a punk rocker. I bet yeah. it's him. Mm-hmm. I bet it's him. Oh, it turns into mass hysteria. It does. Yeah. Even and, after he's arrested. Like, and, and, I mean, I would honestly say that's probably one of... That was Spike Lee, right? That, it was, yeah. I, I'd yeah. say that was probably his top four movies. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'd put it right behind Do the Right Thing. That's my top one. That's my top one, too. Yeah. And School Days. School Days was good. 25th yeah. Hour. But we all have to agree that Chirac is his best movie ever, right? I've never <laughs> seen it. I haven't seen I'm Chirac sorry. yet. I no, you mean Old Boy? Old Boy is his best movie ever. Oh Jesus! Oh, oh, good God! What's <laughs> the what? Oh, he's doing a movie Americans. for Marvel now. That's right. Yeah, he's doing something. Andrew, oh, no, throw us another one. It's DC. You got another one? Do I? You got like five one? pages let's, there. Let's I go know. with Scott. Scott Scott has has gotten passed over like twice now. No, I'm okay with that. Um, well, well I'm not. You, you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Leo, uh, and you were talking Leo, and I think Andrew, I'm going to probably steal your thunder on this, but Go I was like it. Gangs in New York, man. Gangs in New York was See, really. I wasn't thinking of that one either. But what the is hell? That, so you didn't but steal is that my really thunder. a true crime? It is. Yeah. But no, but that's you didn't what, it's one thunder. of those ones I think where I said before it's kind of got that weird cross section though, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it was based on a true events, it's, but well, it's I don't more of a historical film crime. though too, right? It's a historical film, and it's, there's a lot of crime going on. It's a it's a movie about crime. Uh, it is a movie about crime, but is it a movie about true crimes that actually like those crimes happened? A lot of it actually did. Yeah, yeah a lot of it did. Mm-hmm. A lot of it did. I know the Tammany Hall shit did, but yeah. that was just New York. And- it was based in reality. Obviously, they okay. It was a great movie. Let's move on. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna steal it. Back. I'm gonna steal it back from you because we, we went through two DiCaprio Uno. movies, and we didn't 
talk about his latest true crime movie, which is The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I knew oh. that was going to come up. Eh. Elaborate. Go, um, Andrew. Well, Go, besides Andrew. it being a, a swan dive into wretched excess for like the entirety of the picture, it's kind of another take on the, the gangster movie in the sense that he's building this criminal empire everyone working with him they're all criminals as well and yeah there are worse ones out there than he is but but even then it um he he says at one point in the movie well when you live like a bond villain sometimes you get to play the part when Mm. when he's when he's getting into it with the fbi on his on his boat I mean, the one thing I can honest, positive thing I can honestly say about that movie is that it showed me Jonah Hill could act. Other than that, I thought it was a weird crime, like more crime-ridden version of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. It really, I mean, it really didn't. It didn't feel like it had any heart. Like I know it wasn't supposed to, but. It's supposed to be pretty cold. It's supposed to be cold, but at the same time, like we see a lot of these crime movies where they're supposed to be cold. Goodfellas, yeah, perfect example. It, it, everybody in it is supposed to be cold, but at the same time, by the end of the movie, you're kind of bummed that these guys got hoodwinked and or went dead. Down. You kind of root for yeah. them yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah. you kind of root and, for Jordan Belfort in some ways. And even. see, I, I couldn't, I couldn't like. For me, like, I watched the movie and all I could see was the victims mm-hmm. and, like, what he was doing. It, it, I don't know. Maybe it hit too close to home kind of thing. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you can re- we can really identify with that. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that affected probably us, you know, in some way affected all of us in this room somehow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was that oh, big. Yeah. Um, so I, lo- I lost my job because of, of all that stuff. Well, there you go. Yeah. Right? Um, I think that that's going to – it's going to be very – that, that's where the coldness comes from right there. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can't... I, I was actually kind of pissed that they made a movie that almost made him a hero out of this guy that just destroyed so many lives. Yeah. I was... It, something about it I, I found offensive. But they yeah. do they do show his worst tendencies throughout the movie, too. They don't They don't give him any kind of redemption at the end of it, even when he's... You know, going on this new book tour, and they they have the real Jordan Belfort make a cameo at the end of it. Yeah, I, I don't think he redeems himself at the end. No, because he's kind of irredeemable him. at this point. He's a total cockknocker to this day. Yeah, yeah, you he's know? still he kind really of proud is. of what he did. Yeah, yep. yeah. And now he's trying to teach other people how to do it too. <laughs> I'm gonna teach you how so to. Do this well, it's a pure sociopath. He just oh, he is. Fuck, dude. Yeah, he is. yeah. Fuck him. Move on. <laughs> Next. Um. So guy. which version of Helter Skelter, the older one? Seventy six. I'd go seventy six. Seventy six. All the way. Man. The all one the with way. Steve Rails back. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That one was speaking of mind blowingly good. Speaking of cold. Yeah. Was cold that now? Fuck. I can't remember. I I swear that the seventy six one was a made for TV movie. It was. Okay. I was I was going to ask earlier. I was like, does that count? So how did they sure. get away with that though for TV back then? With how cold that I don't movie know, is, man. I remember uh, watching it, it at my grandparents' house. They pretty probably easy. had to do it, some parental discretion advisories or play they, it late at night. They they actually played it just at the end of prime time, mm-hmm. and it wasn't censored. And it came. It, they treated it kind of like how they treated Roots. 
Mm-hmm. Where it came up like this is graphic, but this is the real story, and we want you to know the real story. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I saw it years ago, but it was good. Oh, so enjoyed good. It. Enjoyed it. I remember we got really stoned scenes. back in the late '90s and watched it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh like, yeah, really stoned. That was the first time I ever saw it. I yeah, was, I yeah. was lit. We rented it on VHS, lit. I think, too, which yeah. is even worse. Yeah, you know? I, a two a two cassette. Yeah, VHS. Yeah. yeah. So what was, which version of the story would you say does it better, In Cold Blood or Capote? In Cold Blood. Because they're both yeah, about the both same those, serial I put, killer. I put them both on my list. Um, but I do agree, In Cold Blood. I, I think I In agree. Cold Blood well, in cold tackled blood, it a little bit more Yeah, In Cold accurate. Blood is, yeah, that's, that's hard shit. That's oh. really hard shit. Capote was great. Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah, yeah, was, he was amazing. a star. Downing, but that, that was not, mm-hmm. you know, it was a different angle on this thing. You know yeah, what I mean, I mean yeah. you're, you're seeing it from the outs, you know, yeah, that that character. You're seeing it from in. the author's perspective yeah. instead of from the crime. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you at the end, you do kind of feel bad, like, oh man, this sucks. They 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 execute these poor know? kids. These poor kids, uh, where you know what they did was fucking horrible. And you watch it in cold blood, and you yeah. come away going, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know really how upset I am that they're dead. No, no. And, you know, I got, <laughs> I got a copy of both those at home. And Oh, they're both I, so... I, and, yeah, like, I kind of put them down on my list, like, you know, kind of in the same, like, under the same umbrella, basically. I'm glad somebody else brought that up, because yeah. that was on my list, and I even... Yeah, you mentioned that to I, me I when we discussed this. I Chris last night, like, we got to talk about in cold blood. <laughs> um, going back to Pacino. Oh. Serpico. Serpico. I was about to say. Cool flick, man. Cool mm-hmm. flick. Wait, can we call that a true crime story, though? Yeah, it was about crime. I guess it is. it is. It's about crooked cops. Yeah. I was just thinking that it, it, it was more of a cop movie than a, a it was true a cr- crime. But it was crimes. It was internal yeah. crimes. Yeah, it, and they were all real. Yeah, and about a guy trying to fucking fight the system, getting fucked over left and right. It was hard, oh, you know? Oh, so hard. I mean, Pacino was so good in that movie. I mean, him just kind of unwinding, like, throughout the film mm-hmm. and getting more and more, like, fucking freaked out about things and getting, mm-hmm. you know, seeing... Like, how- you honestly didn't know who he was going to shoot. Yeah. Like, he's fucking Like, awesome. he's the good guy, and you still don't know if he's going to make do the wrong thing and kill yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. Andrew, which one came first, Serpico or Cruzen? Uh, Serpico did. Did it? Yeah. yeah Cruising was so good. Th- but that was 1980. And God damn, I remember Serpico seeing it. Oh, it's good. You haven't seen Cruising? I thought I saw Cruising. Dude, it's all about it's, your lifestyle. Check it out. It totally is. It, it, it is you. It kind of is a true crime story, <laughs> even though it's a work of fiction. It draws heavily from a number of uh, murders that were taking place yeah. in the heavy leather S&M scene. <laughs> even though the movie is ultimately about how the job is affecting him more than whether or not he solves the crime. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a heavy movie. Oh, my. I know we're going off in the weeds with that, too. What? But, but cruising, yeah. oh, cruising. Oh, man. Cruising just, you need, like, a two-hour break afterwards to go have a beer and hang out with friends. It's and dark. Remind, remind it just you holds you down and like fists you, you over oh, yeah. and over Literally again. Literally. It's and, brutal. Uh, figuratively. It's the truth, yeah. though. Where did that come Literally, from? Literally. I mean, in, I know, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's directed by William Friedkin. Ooh. Yeah. He, he considers it. It's weird that uh, they did an official sequel to The Exorcist by John Borman, The Exorcist 2, but uh. William Peter Blatty considered The Ninth Configuration his true sequel to Love The it. Exorcist. Uh, you know, I fi- we talked about that, and I finally sat down and watched that about a year ago, The Ninth Configuration. And that movie is fucking bizarre, man. It I is. haven't seen it. Oh, man, it's good. But it's check great. it out. Okay, I got to check it out. It's cool as hell. But main thing is that 
he considered that the true sequel to The Exorcist. Yeah. Friedkin himself considered Cruising to be the true sequel to The Exorcist. Really? Yeah. Now it, I have to watch that. I mean, I know I've saw it, but I didn't. I really? never heard the it. Main, on, I'm the trying to see was, how it could be. Well, the main reason why is besides the Jack Nietzsche cue at the beginning and the transgression. Um, the X-ray technician, one of the X-ray technicians in the the mammogram sequence that's done in The Exorcist, yeah, mm-hmm. she gets the X-ray. One of the technicians, it turned out later, murdered somebody, and Friedkin was just really taken aback by by that. Like, I actually interacted with someone who it turned out to be a murderer, and yeah, that that one incident was what persuaded him to go ahead and make this movie. Well, that's the same thing that turned Cruising. Anne Rule into a true crime author. Mm-hmm. She was she worked in a phone call center with uh, uh, a suicide co- prevention call line with Ted Bundy. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that was, Ted Bundy was her co-worker oh. and then when he got busted, she's like, "Oh, crap. I've got stories about this guy and I want to learn everything about how I didn't know that this guy was the biggest monster in America." Mhm. And hence she became the preeminent you know, true crime writer. That stuff, that, that stuff is trippy because this it made me. Th- I thought about this just the other day, and it popped in my head again. In my old neighborhood, um, we had neighbors. You know, because we were neighborhood, but <laughs> we had neighbors. How shocking and, that you know, a neighborhood! And we knew these people for years, right? And one of our other neighbors mm-hmm. disappeared, and I was very young, right? Like disappeared, disappeared, disappeared. Right. I was very young. I had no, you know, I didn't, yeah. but I, you know, I knew, you know, uh, Mr. Lonsky down the street just kind of disappeared. <clears throat> right. Well, 20 years later, and this is like, well, we're out of the neighborhood. Something pops in the paper. They found out what happened to him. And so, and a, a couple of our other neighbors, they all went hunting together. Yeah. And there, it wasn't a, it wasn't a murder. There was an accident. There was a hunting accident. They accidentally shot this guy. Blew oh. his head off accidentally, and they buried him. They said, "What are we gonna do?" You know. So they buried him and just said, "We don't know." He took off, you know. And we we didn't. We, he said he was leaving. He was gonna leave early and come back home, and we don't know where he went. And they lied <laughs> about it. They got away with it for like twenty years. And these are people I knew. Wow. You know, I was like, it's amazing when when that stuff when it hits comes home. home. Yeah, when it hits home, like yeah, that freaks yeah. you out, man. Well, like I was telling you guys about the the guys I knew, and yeah, yeah, it's amazing how like. Like, you always watch these movies and go, I would know. I would know if they were yeah. capable no, you of it. No, like, you no, no, no. You, you have, have no, idea. no clue. You have no idea because you, you're, you, I don't think you want to know. Your brain isn't going to allow you to, like, oh, yeah, that person's definitely a murderer. Yeah. Fuck yeah. that. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. All I right. don't want to know the trigger word. What the hell's going to happen, right? I'm going right, to I'm gonna pull this back into Zodiac territory here. Okay. As far as greatness goes. All right. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> monster yeah thank you yes. 2003 thank you. Thank you. yes that is one of the best Charlize Theron as Eileen Wernos mm-hmm. I mean how could she be ugly how do they make her ugly because did you ever Theron. see the like behind the scenes footage it's amazing the prosthetic work they did, they did with on the, her? oh yeah the teeth and the chin yeah. and all that I yeah. mean th- that is some great looking prosthetic work um, and her performance, what she does with her voice and her eyes, and just oh, she mimicked her perfectly. You know, Eileen Warm- Eileen Warmos. That's how you pronounce it. Warmos. Warmos. She was born in Troy, Michigan. 
Yes, I think I did hear that yeah, before. She, that, that's true. I mean, I, she was born in Troy. That's where I'm from. Uh, Troy, Michigan. That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Men are evil. But, you know, this is one of those true yeah. crime movies. That's that, true. As terrible as it is, I can watch this movie over and over again. Cool movie. Because I've watched Christina it Ricci is so good in it, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. They're both phenomenal. And it really does follow the actual case very, oh, very closely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and it's just brutal, man. The way she kills those guys, it's just like, oh, God. No. Don't get the nasty hooker on the side of the road in Florida because that's fuck would what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Well, we know who would do that. <laughs> well, now we do. One yeah. of your friends that we <laughs> were just talking yeah, about. Yeah. We, yeah. Know a, we know a certain I associate someone. with complete shit bags, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how my problem is, man. Uh, great flick, though. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I actually have only watched it once. I thought it was good. Um, the movie's great, just, and all the documentaries surrounding the movie are really good, too. I the prefer the documentaries to I love the, the movie. Documentaries. Yeah, they're really great. The, the, the movie itself just kind of left me, eh, yeah. like, okay, great. The interviews well, with her. It was a little too accurate. I think that was my problem. Right. What were you going to say, Andrew? I was saying one example that you're referring to as far as uh, movies that were based on true crime stories and the documentaries are infinitely better than the movies themselves was uh, The Iceman about mm, Richard Thank Kuklinski. you. Mm-hmm. Movies sucked, but the real story is oh, utterly dude. compelling. I Holy mean, so cool. The ice. Well, they have those The Iceman Confessions and they did that on HBO. Yeah. And yeah. dare I say it, I'm going to probably be totally judged by this. I can watch that stuff. It, it, I find it fascinating. Oh, I do too. That, I do dude, too. Yeah. that dude is, speaking of cold... That is one of the, the the real Richard Kuklinski. That guy is mm-hmm. cold as fuck. And the way he chooses gum, he's sitting there. There, if you've seen me, have you seen it? The Richard have Kuklinski you? interviews. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, dude, I, you holy know, crap. In, Andrew, you'll agree with me. I think like the interviews that were on HBO were chilling. He was so cold and so calculated. The way they talked to him, he's just like just. Flat out, like, yeah, I killed him, whatever. Well, there, there, those, there, there's like, there's one particular yeah. in, in those interviews, he does this one thing where he says, They're like, So this guy did this to you, so what'd you do? He's like, Well, you know, and he was talking about how he used to poison people. He'd put a like, booster in their he, food. Yeah, he's like, He put a boost in, he's like, I put a boost in his food, and he fell to the floor, and he died, he and says, they buried him. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Oh God, this is so. Yeah. It, it's chilling. It truly, it truly is, man. And he says it totally without any kind of emotion, one way or the other. He's just like this matter of fact machine. Yeah. Now, now the thing is though about that though too. If we want, I mean, just I don't, I don't want to send this too far into the weeds. About those interviews though, there were some pieces of that. It seemed like he was a bit relishing in. Oh, I'm sure he loved that he somebody was, cared enough it, to record it. Well, there was a one thing where they mentioned his family, right? And I've heard, I mean, a lot. I've done a lot of reading on on Kuklinski, and he was very abusive. Like he, they make it out like he 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 plays it out like he like you know, oh my, I love my family. They were the most important thing, and I do believe that. I mean, mm-hmm. that was probably the most important. Well, just because you love them doesn't yeah. mean that you're not a monster. There were many. Mm-hmm. His wife his ex-wife now tells many stories of him just coming in and if she said one wrong thing he just fucking belt her you know he was really abusive mentally and physically yeah I, that, he's all around shocking. he was an all-around asshole you know yeah. uh but he was a cold you know not a serial killer but he was just a cold-hearted person he yeah and, and it does i mean that's what the, that doc, the documentary and the interviews do go into that and you do learn that he was created 
he was not, you know he wasn't born that way he was created that way by years of abuse from his family too so well yep. you brought this one up what yeah. was your problem with the movie well first shit. of all just you know, i <laughs> first of all the role of, played by michael shannon i thought wow this is going to be really interesting with him in the role he's such a great actor yeah yeah the first time you see him he's got this big sort of Mick Foley beard and overgrown hair. I'm like, Richard Kuklinski looks nothing like that. And many of the events that they portray and describe in the movie, some of them are accurate, but there's one part where he's chasing some criminals down an alleyway in his car with his family inside it. That was, no, that, no, it was, it was, it was road rage. Yeah. It was road rage. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the whole thing with, with, how he interacted with his family was that he was able to lead a double life. It didn't have the movie that kept trying to show that his two lives intersected, and they didn't, and they didn't. No, so yeah, well, that one part with Leoto, and he came up there to his house and was like, you know, you know, and he's like trying to like, okay, guys, be cool. I got this under control. That never happened. He that was what made. Uh, I'm also sick of seeing Leota play the same role over and over. Every movie, yeah, no kidding. But that's what made him so compelling is, you know, the real Kuklinski was that he was able to do that for decades mm-hmm. and keep them lives autonomous, the family life and his life, what he made, how he made his money. Totally undetected, but they yeah. kept trying to suggest in the movie that the two kept crossing paths with each other. No, and didn't like, work. Bullshit. Well, my problem, and I was waiting for you to say this, was that um, as great of an actor as Michael Shannon is... I think, number one, the material failed him in that movie. But number two, he kind of failed the role in the fact that um, he never played him as cold as he really was in life. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was because of the scripting. But also... Honestly, that sounds more like a direction problem yeah, than, a, than a script he, problem. He looked nothing like Kuklinski either. Like, John Carroll Lynch should have played... Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. He John Carroll Lynch, the guy from Zodiac... I yeah. thought he. I oh thought, yeah, yeah, Drew yeah, Carey's brother. Yeah. I yes. thought he may have got at, at the very end, the last scene of the Iceman, where they're interviewing him, like they were, like they were doing the interviews. There was a cer- couple of seconds where I was talking about the gum chewing thing, mm-hmm. which is which is really what has watching those interviews, the real interviews with him, which is what just that gum chewing thing he would do. Yeah. They show that in the movie of him, kind of like clenching his jaw with and you could see the gum in his mouth just like with you this know. ridiculous beard stuck on his face and head it just but he still but that was probably as close as he got to like really nailing that character like mm-hmm. making it you know there were a lot of up. production issues with that movie though too like at yeah. one point they were going to pull it from release you mm-hmm. know and because it was such a troubled production mm-hmm. so i think we saw a lot of that in the final product because yeah. it never really got a good release either no, it was kind of netflix man yeah it was some kind of messed up well i went thing. to see it in the theater but it was it was oh, really? at the forum 30 it was like in one one auditorium yeah, yeah. and then it was gone and it felt like i was watching a tv movie in the theater anyway there it there was no reason for that to get a theatrical release not at all all right donnie brasco yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> right here. Yeah. On the floor? <laughs> Chris, you go first. Okay. Always, <laughs> always first. Chris always goes first. <laughs> Donnie Brasco. Yeah. I always... I love this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Michael Madsen, 
anything he's in, I, I always just love because I just love that man. I love him as a poet. I love him as an actor. I mean, anything he does, I think, is really cool. Wish um, he'd quit drinking so damn much. Yeah, he's just, well, I, but that gives him that great voice, though. The mm. Smoking and the party and the drinking. That's why, that's why I love his voice. But, yeah, he's not going to be around too much longer. He keeps that shit up. Um, but, I, I mean, what's to say about this film? He, uh, it, I don't know. It's just it's a fun movie to watch. I really enjoy it. Is it up there like Goodfellas? Oh God, no, not even close in my opinion. As far as like that same true crime slash gangster. As, as far thing. as mo- gangster movies, yeah. yeah, it's up there. You think so? I, it's no. up there. It don't. It don't There's feel, not that many great gangster. It movies. It don't really. It go ahead, Andrew. Oh, I just thought of one. Not to interrupt, but uh, which do you think did it better, Dillinger or Public Enemies? Because they're both the John <sighs> Dillinger story. Dillinger had more facts right. I thought Public Enemies was shot better. Mm-hmm. Public Enemies was cool just because of the way that he did it with the digital film. Yeah. It looked a lot. It was just different. It looked yeah. more realistic. It looked mm-hmm. yeah. It felt like it was more immersive. Mm-hmm. Where Dillinger was shot like it was like when it was shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a good movie. It was really solid. I think they had to tone it down too much for the era. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, the Warren, but Oates. they had to really tone it down so much that it 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 lost some of the impact. I was gonna say Warren Oates uh, looked like the real John Dillinger. Oh like, yeah, even without makeup, he looked like the real John Dillinger. Yeah, well, so. Don, John Dillinger was mo- movie star, good looking. So mm. that's not a very uh, had that weathered. Look, yeah, yeah, you know, look like he could actually fill that role. He had the, you know? he had the, he had the Eastwood thing going on. That, yeah, that I've been in his son in Italy for eight years, mm-hmm. and so we're and just gonna brush Richard over Donnie Brasco. No, no, we're going back. Happened here. We're going back to Donnie Brasco. I'm kidding around. Um, I don't think it's up on the same level as Goodfellas. I just no, don't, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the it's same in the same. Thing. It's on the same tier because I mean, really think about it. There's how many great mobster movies are there? There's Godfather, Godfather Two. There's uh, Goodfellas, Casino, which we haven't talked we about haven't yet. We haven't talked about we'll Casino. casino. Yeah. Yeah. I, do, you're gonna, you're gonna shit on Casino. I'm gonna shit on Casino. Come on. Sharon Stone made me want to turn off. It, she's supposed the movie. to. Dude, no, no, yeah, I hated them. I, like, dude, I, I, I. No, I, I thought her. she was terrible. Fucking, wow, I, how could I, you think I, she's terrible? I'm in disagreement. I she she's, she drove me crazy. Joe Pesci played Joe Pesci. All right, fuck this. Okay, let, let's take this categorically. Let's let's finish Donnie Brasco. We'll and argue about shit, that. Then I'll then shit we'll, on Casino. Then we'll then we'll argue. <laughs> <laughs> so Donnie Brasco, I don't know. I just. Uh, I don't know, just the characters in that film, it had a, a great cast of, like, you know, colorful characters like you saw in Goodfellas, right? They just, I guess to me, and it's it's a, this is a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, very well, I mean, critic, critically speaking, I'm sure they probably are, like you said, on the same tier, right? Yeah. To me, it just didn't, like, when I saw Goodfellas, I was just enamored, like, holy shit. Well, Goodfellas is... Yeah, it's just that. It game. was game-changing. so dense and rich. Just the way the movie moves, uh, all the things that happen. Donnie Brasco, I mean, yeah, we do see, you know, and 
Well, you know what? Let me just say it. I don't like seeing Al Pacino as a bitch. I'm sorry. It really bothered my the fuck issue out of me, man. With, my issue with, with Al Pacino in that was that it felt like he was playing a watered-down Michael Corleone again. Mm-hmm. It felt like yeah. the same character except for without the balls. You know, an old the older Michael Corleone from Part 3, that same... He had the same cadence uh, in his voice and everything. The way he walked, everything. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're 100% it, it, right. He really had that... that yeah, old school mafia thing going, but instead of trying to discover a new old school mafia, he decided to recycle what he'd already learned. Okay, now that that makes sense. Yeah, um, that you know, and again, that's why I'm saying it's a personal thing. No, I get it. And I mean, know, I, it, it it's not a perfect movie. Johnny Depp was good. Yeah, but it's not one of his like holy crap. Johnny Depp was good in that. I yeah. think when it came out, though, people were like looking for that next thing, so it there, really did that, strike people as a really good movie. Yeah, I enjoy the movie, but I no, love I it. don't. I love yeah, it. It's it's good. I consider it one of the really good mob movies. Yeah, but I don't consider it a great mob right. movie. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. before it's a three out of four star movie. Three yeah. and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into Casino at all, because I know everybody's going to be really animated, well, he's get, animated about he's this He's getting one. ready to start squatting here any second now. I'm going to mention one. I'm, I'm, I'm unbuckling already. I'm so. going to mention, um, <laughs> and Andrew will agree with me on yeah. this one, uh, uh, Terrence Malick's Badlands. Yes. Oh. That's pretty much the Starkweather Killers, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is a great movie, and not much crime really takes place in the movie. The crimes take place at the beginning, mm-hmm. and it's more about them hiding out. Starkweather mm-hmm. and his girlfriend hiding out, yeah. his teenage girlfriend hiding out in the Badlands. Mm-hmm. Now, it's you just, know what's funny is that that movie and that story, the the Starkweather whole whole thing, was totally ruined for me. Totally ruined for me by uh, the. Oh, Michael J. Fox movie uh, with ghosts. The Frighteners. Frighteners. The Frighteners, where through that whole damn movie, the guy wouldn't stop talking about Stark, how many guys Starkweather killed. (laughs) And so the entire time I watched that movie, every time somebody would say Starkweather, that's all I heard was Jake Busey's annoying ass <laughs> voice. <laughs> okay. All right. Now Casino. Well, but I don't wait, want wait, everybody to talk. Wait, 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 wait. Or what? Okay, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, let's discuss Casino, but let's not talk over each other on this one because I know everybody's passionate well, shut about your, this shut movie. Shut your goddamn mouth. Be quiet. Yeah. Turn okay. <laughs> so, Andrew, Casino. What do you think of Casino? What do I think of Casino? Well, I know it was from the same author of the book Goodfellas or Wise Guys mm-hmm. I should say Mitch Pelagi mm-hmm. it it did feel initially like it was repeating Goodfellas in a way but then again you know crime crimes do tend to repeat themselves in various shapes and forms um, it did feel a little bit like it was Goodfellas part two but the setting wasn't the, the right. Las Vegas setting and all the machinations there the uh the, uh, <laughs> the the James James Woods character. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting. Uh, oh, dude! Don't get me started on James Woods. Oh, well, he's a dick. Oh, he's a horrible human being. But do you like his Good acting? Actor. 
great actor. I mean, he's, a lot he, of... he's a well, he's not a great actor. He's a fun actor. He plays James Wood re- Woods really well. <laughs> uh, he, he, the Videodrome, he, Lone Videodrome, Lone Flesh. Oh, Videodrome is one of my favorite Videodrome. movies of all time. But he was still playing James Wood. Mm-hmm. Everything you just <laughs> said, Andrew, is why I love the movie so much. It's not to me. It is on the same, and I'm not going to say tier. The same level. Like and you know it, I think it is easy I think it's safe to say that you know it could be called they could have called it Goodfellas too. It's a, it's kind of a companion piece to Goodfellas. And it really felt like they were trying to do God, Goodfellas too. Mm-hmm. That's why I hated it. It felt okay. recycled, boring. I've seen this before. You've done this before. Mm-hmm. Didn't I just see this movie a couple of years ago? Um, but I think I think it had a whole different element, though, with the whole glitz and glamour of but Las that, Vegas. But that was just let, let's throw on a new coat of paint. Those suits. It, it's the Those same thing suits. as the first person shooter, adding on new uh. new con- new. Skins although, on models. Although that those crimes did take place, and the movie was factually accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, it's still it, it felt like it was shot like they were trying to shoot it like Goodfellas. Like everything about it just felt rehashed. Well, all them shots of the Kansas City gangs, like you know, that all them shots of those guys. Yeah, it was the same. It had the same look: dark, smoky. Yeah, the soundtrack s- similar too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, totally. I mean, there was totally. it was really just. Well, it just Vince, felt recycled. Well, Joe Pesci kills Frank, oh. Frank Vincent in Goodfellas and beats the hell out of him in Raging Bull. So it was Frank Vincent's turn to kill Joe Pesci at the end. Well, I thought that was an interesting twist. That was fun. Now that and that and ending. That's not. That Spoiler! Ending. Oh my god, that is one of the most brutal killing sequences in the history that of cinema. Truly Which one disturbed me when they're killing Pesci and his brother? Yeah. Oh in yeah. Casino. Oh my god. That was absolutely. I thought it was cute. I actually, for me, the the scene in the movie that was the grisliest was the one that they had to cut a few frames out of to avoid an NC seventeen. The eye, yeah. When he Fuck pops you, his, when he pops me. that guy's eye out using the punch press, he's squeezing the guy's head and his eyeball pops out of his socket. They took a few frames out because it was given an NC seventeen. And you know what? You know, and we've talked about that very scene on this show, mm-hmm. and I think that's such a beautiful scene because Pesci. Is the character? Oh my God, my Jimmy! God damn, I forget. The, yeah, I thought it was Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Um, he's trying to be nice. Like, don't make me be a bad guy here. Don't mm. make me be a bad guy here. Just give me the name, man. Just, yeah. I don't. I'm gonna pop your fucking eye out of your head. You know. But I mean, I think there's such uh, a beauty about that. And yet, that. he's still just Leo Getz. <laughs> he, uh. But he's. Still, <laughs> There's just this Leo gets what he gets. I just <laughs> Whatever think, you want, Leo gets. There was such a beauty about that scene where he's like, you know, dude, come on, man. Just just let it go. You're going to die. Or we're going to kill you, man. You might as well just let it go. And he guy wouldn't back down. And there's that whole that whole you know narrative from, from Jimmy saying, you know, I got to give it. This is the toughest fucking Irishman I ever met. You know, all that shit. I just think that movie is just, it's on the same level as, as, as Goodfellas. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. No, no, I get it. I'm with you. You know, I understand it how felt, you feel. It felt like they were rehashing it without Martin Scorsese's vision. I disagree because they switched cinematographers in this film. Uh, he Previously, it was Michael Chapman through the 70s, then Michael Bellhaus all the way up through his current movies, and then he switched to Oliver Stone's DP, Robert Richardson, who's now Tarantino's DP, which is why you get those... Really exaggerated colors, the exaggerated lighting. Yeah. Like 
it looks like you're watching JFK or Natural Born Killers, like the scene where Joe Pesci's stabbing the guy in the neck at the bar. With oh, the God. The way the light is glowing off their shoulders. I mean, he Man. Richardson, from what I understood when they were making JFK, he put lights so bright on the set that set pieces caught fire because of how hot the lights were. Oh, because you can see that like in those courtroom scenes. Mm -hmm. It's like burning in that room. And I think they did that for a reason, just to kind of create... Make everybody uncomfortable. Make Yeah, make the scene seem tense and Mm -hmm. whatever else. But the way it looks on film, I mean, it has kind of an illuminated look to it that's not present in Scorsese's other movies. Well, they look ethereal in Mm -hmm. that scene. It's very ethereal looking. You know, there's like these... The wispiness over their shoulders you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you know what just happened... You know what he just Ugh. did to that guy. There's a lot of cringe in Casino. I mean, there's there's not. That's maybe. I think Casino pound for pound is a more violent film than Goodfellas. I would agree. Oh yeah, I would agree. You know? It's yeah. way more violent. It's a brutal but fucking I, I, but movie. That actually detracts from the. Well, no, the, I'm not the, saying I'm for, not saying for, it's a from plus. It for me. I'm just saying it's a fact. Like it's, it's a more violent film. Yeah. Um. And it just felt overdone. By the end of it, I was like, okay, yeah, great, you're violent. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I get it. Okay, grab the point. toilet paper now. <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry, just, Marty. Just grab me your copy of Casino. Marty, we're sorry we just shit all over your movie. We know you're watching. I love it, man. I just... Who? Marty. Marty's watching. Yeah. He watches. He listens <laughs> yeah. every week. What's he going to do, huh? What's he going to do? You know, not to go off into the weeds, but I'll when I was cool. in Paris a couple years ago, uh, sure. there was a Martin Scorsese exhibit. Mm-hmm. It was one of the coolest things I've ever oh, seen. Oh, I'm sure. Like, they had his record collection there from when he was a kid. Oh, wow. They had props from Gangs in New York, from Goodfellas, Casino. Oh, cool. It was really cool. And they were like, no cameras. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I all I all wanted to do was take pictures. I'm like out with my cell phone, like, click, 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 click. And the guy's like, put your phone away. And I'm like, Aww. okay. Fuck yeah. you, you fuckball. No, I got a bunch of photos. Got Man, it. there was a Stanley Kubrick exib- exhibit that I wanted to go to so bad and missed it by two days. Mm. Did you go to that, Andrew? Unfortunately, no, but if one comes around again, I'm going to try and go because he's my idol. Yeah. Kubrick's your idol? Yes. Mine too. Oh, oh, they're going to make out, Scott. They're going to make out. <laughs> Finally. No, no, We're going to no. see him make little babies in oh. front of us. Oh, little. No, I'm, little... I'm, I, I, I'm done with that. <laughs> Sharon Stone wants to have your baby. She can keep Sharon it. Stone. Okay, let's just put, let's put a capper on. Let's put a capper on this one. Sha- I mean, Sharon. I hated her in that. She movie. was the poor man's Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie. Dude, I hated her. I hated her so much. Not because I. Not I. I thought she was amazing. I just thought she was. She was. I mean, there's an actual like scene where like the C bomb gets dropped in that movie. Like he gets so pissed off at her, mm-hmm. like he just drops the freaking C bomb. It's hey, like, holy but crap. she still felt like Michelle Pfeiffer's character in Scarface. Somewhat, I can see that in somewhat. a way. No, Michelle Pfeiffer. Come on. Michelle's yeah. way more whiny in Casino. You know what? But, but she's not as neurotic as Sharon Stone is in. Uh, Maybe that's in what casino. I hate. She she seems to get crazier as the film goes the on. The neuroses just made me. I, I sympathized with anybody. But it is it's her. the blow, dude. She's getting more drugged yeah, up as Casino yeah. goes on, yeah. and her neurosis is getting worse. She hooks up like, with Jimmy. She wants to go out for a few hours, so she ties her daughter to her bed. Yeah. Oh, oh dude, God. I do that all the time. 
Edit. <laughs> That's called Friday night in this house. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer's character was a junkie, but she she did have moments of clarity, and I don't think Sharon Stone's character in Casino ever did. No, she didn't. Her she was off at the at towards the end of that she was completely unhinged mm-hmm. to the in, in that beautiful scene where she's just ramming the car in the driveway and the cops show up and they're like you know hey how are you just trying to get it's the like, key to just the to, safety you know, deposit yeah. box but you know it, it, they're all level headed she's out of her friggin mind yeah. um, she thinks she's protected by Jimmy so she thinks she can do anything she wants right so there's mm-hmm. all these plays along with the drugs obviously that are coming in and that's why she's completely out of her mind. And Treb still hates it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, I've uh, seen it six times, and every time I was ready to turn it off within oh, like 30 why, minutes. Why watch it three times? Because I'm one of those people that I don't trust my instincts. <laughs> and so I'll see a movie once and be like, God, that was well, that's good. If you, garbage. You verified yeah, it. No, that's, that's good. Cool. That's the way you do it. That's like, like AI. I've done that. AI is my least favorite movie ever made period. Oh, I love that. Because you don't, you don't watch a lot of movies. <laughs> because no, I have a, a, a very specific reason why I hate it. Kubrick wanted Spielberg to direct it like a Spielberg movie. Yeah. Because he Kubrick knew that this wasn't his story, that he couldn't tell this as well as as Spielberg could. Yeah. Kubrick dies, Spielberg decides, "You know what? I'm going to direct it like a Kubrick movie." And so it has this horribly done Kubrick wannabe pacing instead of in really enjoying it being a Spielberg movie, you're watching it as like this homage to Kubrick that was really kind of an insult to him because it had none of the, what made Kubrick films great. And it had none of what makes Spielberg films great. It had many of, uh, you know, Kubrick's ideas and designs and, Oh, you could tell. But I thought it also was trying to go for, you know, the the childlike awe that you see in Spielberg movies, particularly putting the main character in the shoes of Haley Joel Osment. I agree, but, but my, my issue was is that it was this the Spielberg childlike awe in Kubrick glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Kubrick's version. It felt like it was Ku- like he was trying to do it how Kubrick would do it. It felt like there were two opposite extremes canceling one another. Exactly, out, and it really scared over with and make out. No. <laughs> All right, do it. Let, we got like five minutes, so if two we want to sa- throw one. More I think out everybody wants can. to see two Sasquatches, anyways. You guys, yeah. you guys, <laughs> you guys, continue this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it a night, Chris. Please. I'm so tired. Oh, dude, I am so wiped out. What are you doing? Looking for my cursor. Oh, oh there's there your is. cursor. Are we calling this a night, then? Let's call it a night. You guys I think are... we got our point. All right. I think that uh, we should do a Kubrick one in the next few weeks. Oh, man. We need to do Kubrick, and we need to do Kevin Smith. Yeah. Oh, God. We you know I've got to be here for the Kubrick one. Oh, of course. Yeah. And of course. I, I will be here for both of those. Okay. All right. All right, guys. This was episode 84, Real Crime. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Not on MySpace. Good night. Not on LiveJournal. MySpace. MySpace. Check us out on MySpace. Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> You've read it. Reddit rules. All right. Bye. <laughs> us at and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes. <laughs>